Throwdown Thursday podcast. I'm Agent Nicole. I am Ironborn, Lady of Comic Cons, and I have to deal with an angry nerd, Patsy Ray Hall. You're lucky. You don't have to. You get to. No. But anyways, welcome to episode 10. It is 10 episodes that we've been doing this wonderful podcast. And yeah, about four good ones. <laughs> <laughs> How have you not killed him yet, Nicole? Um, I, I sit on the opposite end of the table, yeah, and she has a- short arms. I'm just waiting for the day that I just have like just the snap. most. I just snap. You'll notice the I Filipino always Filipino rage in me. My mom's Filipino rage will come in through me, and I will just. Snap. Your mom's even smaller than you are. I know, but she's so nice. Everyone sees her, and they're like, "She's so nice." I'm like, "Yeah," and then you piss her off, and she can make you cry. She, uh, you know, what I do though, it's a strategic thing. Is I always situate our guest in between Nicole and myself. <laughs> Well, it's like sitting smart. in a fucking saw trap. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> smart podcasting. Yes, but anyways, so uh, I already announced Patsy, and I'm going to yep. announce our wonderful producer Johnny Wolfenstein. Thank hey you for you. thank you for podcasting all these ten episodes and many, many more. Of course, well, I got no choice. I know you don't have a choice, but <laughs> I'm just kidding. And so we have a wonderful guest today. No, we don't. We have Bobby Chains. Uh, asshole. <laughs> Damn it! I have an intro. Yeah, you can still do it. You're an asshole. Really? really There's are. no wrong way to stroke my ego, Nicole. I'm just go All ahead. Right. If you're looking to get a free lunch, you better not ask this guy. He is the king of karaoke at Hampton Beach, where all the all the sexy mills throw their diapers at him. <laughs> <laughs> He's the applesauce boss of mutts. Um, mutts? Mutts. <laughs> yeah, I thought you said mutts. I thought you were still talking about the 60 year old. You can't ask him to do your taxes because he can't do math right on air. Uncle Polly has to keep him in line every Monday morning on the Unchained podcast. Welcome back to the show, Mr. Bobby Chains. Yo, yo, where all my postmenopausal bitches at? <laughs> <laughs> no, that was a wonderful intro. Thank you. I am not good at math. I know. We Evidence. We've heard evidence of this. And to be fair, we did say the last episode that he was coming back. Yeah, I know. And I had a wonderful, wonderful intro, and then you just be an asshole and just like... Oh, your your intro is better than his anyway. I was science fact-checking your, uh, your, your uh, initial comment there. <sighs> hashtag Teenage Nicole. Hashtag, and you wonder why people... Hashtag Uncle Polly. <laughs> Well, he's not on the show. It's Uncle be Polly's not- probably smoking some hash somewhere right now. <laughs> All right, so we do a segment every episode called Getting Into Character. So I have five questions for you. Are you ready? Oh, yeah. I'm, I'm ready. <laughs> Are you sure? <laughs> you just... No, I'm excited. Last time it was so fun. All yeah, right. it should be. All right, so your first question. If you can be any pasta or sauce, oh, and sauce, what would you be? Like, would you be spaghetti? Thin- I would be uh, some kind of elbow macaroni sauce. and meat sauce. <laughs> Be Clams Casino. <laughs> I Clam Daddy? Penne a la vodka. <laughs> yes, that, that's, there that's we, the winner. There we go. All right, your second question. You have to assemble a team of misfits to save the world. Pick, <laughs> he already has. <laughs> it's called Unchained. <laughs> Pick five people or characters to help you out. Um, five characters that are misfits. Um, 
And you can't go with Jem's arch nemesis. Nope, nope, nope. Um, I'm going with uh, Herbie. The car? No, 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 <laughs> no. Bug? No, Herbie. The remember the he wanted to be a dentist. Oh, Hermie. Hermie, whatever his name was. Oh, I thought you were like Herbie, like the guy that dresses up like a giant marijuana no, I thought, leaf. I thought he was. Yeah, his name is Hermie. Hermie. He All wants right. to be a, a dentist. All right, so him, um, Alf. Okay. He was G- kind of a Gordon misfit. Shumway? No, Alf. Yeah, Gordon Shumway. No, just just the character Alf. Yeah, that's his name. Alf is what the humans okay, called Okay, Patrick, him. shut up. Let Bobby speak. All right, so Hermie, Alf, um, Balky Bartokamus. <laughs> um... It's a perfectly more. strange choice you ch- you got there. I know. Um, who else uh, for a misfit? Uh, shit, this is hard. Um, vanilla Ice from Cool as Ice. <laughs> and ice anything. And Uncle Polly. My boy Uncle Polly's <laughs> coming with me no matter what. <laughs> it's, he's con- contractually obligated. Yes. <laughs> Your third question. You guys would be dead, by the way. Hashtag hash. Your third question. How can you fuck up a free lunch? Like, legit. How can you fuck up a free lunch? Every, every time you introduce yourself, you're the man, the nice man that fucks up a free lunch. How do you fuck it up? Well, you could, fu- you could fuck up a free lunch. Like, I mean, you know, you can get an armpit hair in it. You can drop it on the floor. That's fucked up. You can't eat it. Okay, that's true. All right. Number four, you have to make a Bobby Chains drink. What are the ingredients? <laughs> oh, this is a good one. <laughs> Vodka oh, and motor oil. <laughs> I know. <laughs> Fucking rubbing alcohol. No. Um, if I was going to make one, it would probably be the same as uh, an Ultimate Warrior, which I believe has uh, rum. Uh, it's it's a, basically a rum punch with some raspberries thrown in it. And just, anabolic steroids. Just a bunch of booze. <laughs> <laughs> just take whatever's in your liquor cabinet. And pour it that or a ha- half, half pint of the Smanoff Blue. A, a Bobby Chains drink would be like whatever's left in people's glasses after they leave at closing time. <laughs> just pour all that together. Put a little umbrella in it. Nice. And number five, if you were to pick a new name for yourself, what would you name yourself? Oh man! If I was to pick a new name for myself, it would be uh, um, hmm. <laughs> I say Wolfie's about to say something. I don't, over I, don't, I don't want there to be radio silence. So what you're thinking? All I can think of is when Quagmire was staying with the the Griffins. And Lois answered the phone. She goes, "Ah, oh, no, there's nobody here by the name of Long Rod Von Hugen." <laughs> <laughs> Quite <laughs> was like, I, uh, uh, I don't know. I, 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 uh, hmm. I don't know. Something original like Robert Chains. Or <laughs> no, it would probably be. Um, I don't know. You're gonna be like more grown up, like you know, Ricky Schroeder became Rick Schroeder, so you just be Bob Chains. <laughs> Bob Chains. <laughs> no, it, it would probably be like one. Like I don't know. I, I, it would be like one name, like an ampersand, <laughs> a symbol, like McLovin. I don't know. Like, <laughs> this is a hard question. McChainsy. McChainsy. I already had yeah. yeah, the, the beautiful one. I would just have people call me the beautiful one. Yeah. 
There you go. All right. Thank you for answering my questions. I'm sorry. Some of them are really hard. No. I, I <laughs> None of them had math in them, so that was good. That's true. He comes up with like some super creative episode names, and he couldn't go up with a name for himself. <laughs> uh, bu- bu- Bobby Chan- Chance. Well, all right. So I think this is time that we go for a break. and then so you want to take our first break uh, nice and early this time. Well. No, that's fine. I'm just, you know, you're you're in control for this one, so... I don't know. Do we have anything to talk about? I'm not upset with you. I'm disappointed. That's what I heard, Agent Nicole. No, no. We have lots of stuff to talk about. <laughs> no, I I think this is going to be a really good I uh, think character t- discussion. Episode, episode 10 is the day that you die from... Cause, from cuz? Because I'm going to kick your ass. I remember back when Unchained had its 10th episode. It was like four and a half hours long. Oh, shit. <laughs> And we were all drunk by the end of it. I, I can't do that. This won't, <laughs> this won't, this won't happen for, for this. Uh, no. That won't happen here. No. Uh, but no, we do we do have a lot to talk about for yes. this character. So this is a good a good early break is a, a nice idea. Yes. Plus, we have some very nice feedback this yes, week. Yes. So when you come back, we'll be talking about Jigsaw from the Saw franchise. And uh, all right, let's get going. Break time. Trick or Treat Radio is a phantasmagorical spin kick straight through the heart of pop culture, navigated by the Deadites. We are the world's greatest electroshock band, we destroy monsters, we drink booze, and we win championship belts. If you're not listening to Trick or Treat Radio, here's a taste of what you've been missing. There's three guarantees in life. What are they? Death, taxes, and Trick or Treat Radio every Friday morning. This is one of the most convoluted movies I've ever seen in my life. I'm fucking trying, man. Hi, hi, hi. Oh, yeah. Hey, hey, hey. Oh, yeah. It's like you took a shit on a pile of shit. But you shit on him right. for liking what he likes. Yeah, well, it's my job. This podcast is now banned in Germany. <laughs> it's me, Giovanni Lombardo Radici. Shut up. I call bullshit. I demand someone to bring me the face of Lindsay Okay. If I had genitals, I would definitely bang her. Oh, wait. Is she a great big fan person? You just hit the jackpot. This is a weird movie, huh? It had action. It had suspense. It had great characters. It had great acting. I'm going to strangle you with my jockey shorts. I don't like mobster movies. All right, well, here's my take. You're a sick fuck. Thank you. Now shut the fuck up and let me talk. Have you ever seen 2001? The okay. box, right? The box and the monkeys. Available on iTunes, Stitcher Radio, and trickortreatradio.com. Arrivederci, douchebags. Worcester, Massachusetts, a barren wasteland of dull. But in October, that changes forever. The 14th through the 16th, the Deadites will be in attendance at the Rock and Shock Horror Convention. Come hang out with the Deadites and the stars of Trick or Treat Radio all weekend long. But that's not all. On October 15th at the Cove Music Hall, the Deadites headline an all-star night of dance music and ghoulish getting down. Worcester will never be the same. And we are back. Bet you didn't think we were coming back. But we did, so deal with it. Uh, yeah, today we are going to be talking about uh, Mr. John Kramer. Uh, we're going to be focusing on his skills as an engineer and, uh, you know, nothing else. So, no, I'm just kidding. That's not actually what we're going to do, because that would be dumb. Uh, we are going to be talking about the uh, homicidal exploits of Jigsaw. 
Which is the name that the newspapers gave to John Kramer. The media, yeah. He never claimed to be Jigsaw. He never took that name for himself, and to be honest, never cared for it. Although... I, I ju- he did take. He did cut the little pieces out of people. In, in all in all seriousness, though, I think that his engineering is something that's worth exploring a little bit yes. at least. Because you know they they don't really get into it. The first couple of the third film, they really get into like because there's some you know really elaborate stuff that goes on uh, with these traps, and it gets more and more. I don't know if I want to use the word elaborate or fucking ridiculous. As uh, we go along, but uh, John Kramer is a man of uh, wealth and taste. No, John Kramer is a guy who, uh, you know, he had a, a a good life. You know, things were going well. His wife was going to have a baby. They were going to name it Gideon, which is, you know, an interesting name. Not a, a name you hear too often. And uh, one day, you know, this this sort of parallels with the killing joke one bad day kind of throws everything uh, more than one bad day yeah but that's that's really the day that you know when when his wife lost the baby that's that's really what did it especially how it was a combination of things it was his cancer his failed attempt at suicide and also the loss of Gideon. Yeah. Uh, if it, but I would agree, actually, with you and say that the probably the straw that broke the camp. Well, he was... Di- I'm trying to think. What, well, he was in diagnosed the timeline, with cam- he was, cancer. He was already kind of dabbling in the... Because we see... Actually, no, because, you know, the, the timeline is kind of convoluted because there's... You know, a lot of different writers. To he was thing. diagnosed shortly thereafter um, when Gideon died. Yeah, that was what his, Jill. His that's what wife, Jill said. His wife miscarried because uh, she worked at like a methadone clinic, and one of her frequent uh, clients. Yeah, I was just trying to figure out how I wanted mm-hmm. to word that. One of her frequent clients, Cecil, claimed to have left his jacket, and he kind of preyed on her. Uh, her compassionate side. He's like, oh, I left my jacket. It's right over there. Can you please just let me in? I know you're close and everything. But, you know, he comes in and holds a knife to her and demands that, you know, he get access to the drugs. So he, you know, takes what he wants. And as he's rushing out in his hurry, he opens up the uh, the inner security door and crushes uh, Jill's stomach. And, of course, you know, that results in her miscarriage because she immediately starts hemorrhaging it's such a cringeworthy moment it really in, in is the film it's it's a tough it's a tough tough part of the film but cecil does get uh what's coming to him yeah i, I guess you could you, you could very say he I- was the first victim of very I- very ironic because he ends up uh he sur- he, he fights through the trap and then ends up uh, impaling himself uh or tangling himself on the razor wire inside of the baby crib that never got to get used because exactly. of him. Now, Bobby, why don't you tell us a little bit about the methodology that uh, John Kramer uses in his Jigsaw persona? Well, the most important thing that people need to remember when discussing the character of John Kramer or Jigsaw, be it as it may, is that he wants his subjects to survive their trap but he wants them to learn a lesson from it 
to not take life for granted anymore. Um, he considers his subjects almost like patients. Um, Dr. Denlin in Saw 3 says, Oh my God, you were Lawrence Gordon's patient. He said, Yes, I was his patient and he was mine. Lawrence Gordon, of course, being played by the uh, Oscar-worthy uh, performance that uh, Carrie Elways gave in the uh, first installment of this film. Are you being sarcastic? Uh, he was not a good actor. <laughs> a lot of people say that, and I never saw anything wrong with his he performance. Over at, look at the way he acted in that compared to, say, The Princess Bride. I haven't seen The Princess Bride in years, but I don't think that his acting was that bad. It was very over the top, I will say that. And I mean that both as an homage to the Stallone film that, you know, couples the heart-wrenching battle of child custody with uh, arm wrestling, and also in the sense that it was excessively cheesy. Like, the some of the, the dramatic parts was... You could tell he was acting and not just, you know, getting lost in the character. I, know, I, I guess I could agree with that. It was a very short, rushed shoot as well. On and very a, low budget. A low budget. So, yeah, I, I can get down with that. But um, So, yeah, that, that's basically Jigsaw's whole, whole deal is that he wants the subjects to survive, but he wants them to be changed. And there are changed. there are some cases. I mean, the relationships that he forms with certain people that he has put in traps, be it uh, Dr. Gordon or whether it be Amanda Young or Detective Hoffman, they ha- each have different takeaways. Um, I, I don't feel that Amanda is ever truly fixed or healed no. by by Jigsaw, but I do feel that they had... I don't know if you'd call it a father-daughter relationship or even more of like a romantic relationship between each other. I think he viewed it as a, if anything, like it would be a father-daughter if it was like a familial thing. But I think it was more student-teacher in his eyes. And I think she came to almost like a Stockholm Syndrome type thing, you know, where... You know, especially in the third installment where you see the way he kind of acts towards Lynn Denlin. Yeah. You know, and she's very jealous. She's very possessive. She's very aggressive. And he's almost, he. I mean, he is. It's not like he's almost. He is testing Amanda again because he sees that she is still flawed and not truly getting his message. Right. She, uh, I mean, I, these movies have been out for quite some time. So I don't mind getting into spoiler territory. Oh, yeah. um, she because he has cancer and his cancer advances pretty far, and especially you know what happens to him at the end of the second film with his uh, confrontation with Donnie Wahlberg. <laughs> uh, he uh, he's in very rough shape and he's not able to do the things that he wants to do. Which you know he he starts off in the first film where they really uh, you know they. You really get introduced to him. Um, why don't you explain the first couple of uh, traps that he, he sets for folks and like what what his motivation is be- between them? Can I just ask a question? You just did, but well, you can ask another. Yes. Um, before you get into the traps, how does he... Because I've never seen any of the Saw films. I refuse to see it. I'm sorry. Um, Nicole's not a big blood and guts. Yeah. Um, 
how does he pick the people? Well, that's what oh, we're going to get into. Oh, okay. Sorry. So, like, like I'll, I'll start with the first one. Um, the guy who wakes up in the room with the safe, he's uh, covered. He's completely naked. Mm-hmm. The floor is all broken glass. And there is a safe and a small lit candle. And one of the things Jigsaw likes to do is he leaves a small uh, tape recorder. You know, uh, not quite the talk boy that uh, Kevin had in uh, yeah. Home Alone 2, but just like the regular ones that, you know, anybody, you know, like, you know, your A news reporter or it, something like that yeah. would use. You know, a doctor, like a, 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 not a mortuary worker, what's the hell, um, like a morgue doctor, somebody doing yeah, an autopsy, yeah. talking into just, you know, doing notes. Um, you play the tape and he says, you know, he knows all about these people. He follows them. He learns about them. And this guy, I forget his name because it's not overly important, but he, uh, he's been pretending to be sick so people will feel bad for him and take pity on him and he can get out of work, you know, kind of like scamming the system. Mm-hmm. And Jigsaw says, well, you know, I know that this is what you've been doing. So you've been injected with poison. And if you really want to die, you know, you really want, you know, you want to pretend like you're sick. Now you're really sick. Written on the wall, and in the walls of this room, it's maybe a, what do you say, 15 by 15 yeah. square room. In one foot tall letters, give or take, written all over the, all over the wall, like in columns. From left to right, up to down, just the, all the walls are covered with these numbers. He says, the antidote to the poison that's in your veins is in the safe. The combination is written on the wall. You just have to figure out what it is and, you know, put it in. You have, you know, three hours, two hours, whatever it happens to be. You know, if you really want to live, prove it. You know, and the guy, you know, he's like, oh, yeah, by the way, you have this tiny little candle. The floor is covered in broken glass. You're completely naked, and you're covered with a highly flammable substance. So there's your motivation, you know, live or die, make your choice. He says that at the end of every single one of his... Uh, of his little uh, tapes, and that's you know a, a thing where you know he claims at one point he's like oh, I've never I've never killed anybody. Well, technically, if you put someone in a in a room, especially say in the third well, film, that's that's addressed as well too. Though um, when Detective Matthews said you know putting a gun to someone's head and forcing them to pull the trigger is still murder, basically. Yeah, you know it is. No, it is. It's like you know. I'm putting you in this situation like you're in this room. I, I, I've injected you with poison. You need to get the... There's like, always an irony to the traps. Yeah. Well, most of the time there's an irony to the traps. Like the guy that was in his car, you know, cutting himself. Like, you know, did you really want to die or were you just trying to get attention? Yeah, the fake... Today you'll show me. He's in the, in the room with the razor wire and he has to go through the whole thing. And he's completely naked certain, as well. Yeah, and all of the traps are timed. Um... And he thinks things out so meticulously. I, I, and the plausibility in these films, like you said, gets thinner and thinner as it goes on. It's not so much the plausibility. It's like the the, the traps kind of get, you know, from, like you said, uh, you know, the guy trying to... Uh, well, why don't we get into uh, uh, Amanda's trap? Since she makes it through, she survives it. Uh, why don't you explain to us what uh, Amanda's uh, punishment was? Okay, so... The character of Amanda, she was um, a heroin addict, and so 
the trap that she has is she has this device on her head that actually operates like a reverse bear trap. And how does he explain this to her? Because this is slightly different from the other ones that I was explaining. So uh, this is explained to her that uh, it would actually, uh, it, it was on a timer, and after that 60 seconds or whatever expired, the trap would open up, ripping her mouth open completely. Um, the key to the reverse bear trap was located uh, in a guy that's on the ground, uh, injected presumably with vecuronium or some other kind of paralytic, and she was going to have to dig through his stomach with a scalpel, and now he's still alive. She doesn't know that. She was told it was that he was dead, and he's... This was in a video because there was a, a video demonstration of, on like a, a mannequin head yeah, yeah. of what would happen. So this wasn't just on a uh, on a um, a tape that she had to play because she wakes up and she's kind of semi bound to a chair, and uh, she has sixty seconds to get to get the key. But the sixty seconds doesn't start until she realizes she's got this thing on her head and she stands up. That's when the timer starts yeah. because when she stood up, like that removed whatever was holding the timer, like the pin or whatever. Yeah, kind of like the pin on a grenade, right? <clears throat> so I, I, I'm sorry. So um, the guy on the ground. So it's been, it has been a while since I've seen Saw. He's got a big question mark. I think. Yeah, I think. I think she realizes that he's still alive when she sees a tear coming from his eye. Yeah, because he opens his eyes and looks at her. He can't do anything, but he kind of looks at her, and she's just like. Sorry, buddy. It's you or me, and, you know, it ain't going to be me. Yeah, and she does end up freeing herself from that trap. Um, and when she's being interrogated by the detectives in the first film, she does openly say, he saved me. And there's something very powerful about that to me if the uh, Shawnee Smith who played Amanda in these films I think that she did an absolutely fantastic job um as well as well as Tobin Bell like with with his character they say that on set Tobin Bell would walk around with a little a little notebook and he'd take notes and do his own character studies and he really developed a lot of who that character was himself and he's a great method actor if you've never seen Mississippi Burning see that film. I mean, Gene Hackman I've seen steals it, yeah. the show, but Tobin Bell is excellent. He has he has a very interesting look to him as well. He does. Um the way that he the way that he plays the character of Jigsaw, like he plays him as a very cerebral person. Yeah, if you've never seen Tobin Bell, especially in these films, imagine like if Bernie Sanders purged all the evil out of his body and that became a person, that would be Tobin <laughs> Bell. Or, or John Kramer, I should say. I don't know if Tobin Bell's a bad guy. But. I was looking at some pictures on Wikipedia and for a second I thought it was Roose Bolton for a second because there's like... He, he does got, have a similar he, he a look similar to face him. To, yeah. So if Roose Bolton and Bernie Sanders had a baby, there it would go. be Jigsaw. Um. So, there, you know, as this, this series progresses, we see the traps get more and more elaborate. And a lot of people kind of wonder, like, how could this be happening? Because, you know, the last time we saw Jigsaw, you know, he's at, you know, he's on death's door. And they start figuring out that he has accomplices. Um, so, other than uh, Amanda, you know, why don't you uh, let us know about 
how he how he came to get his second accomplice. Like what happened that led to him getting his second accomplice. So in the in the fifth film, we open with a trap that is um, a giant pendulum, and at the bottom of the pendulum is a sharp blade. Um, and the person in this trap, you know, again, it's a timed trap. They are torn apart, just pretty much cut in well, half. Well, what's, what's the, what's the motivate? Like, what does he have to do in order to get out? He has to crush his, if I'm remembering correctly, he has to crush his two hands in these almost like um, hydraulic. Yeah, it looks like a hydraulic vice. Yeah, a hydraulic vice, and he has to crush his hands. He ends up crushing his hands, but still dies in the trap anyway. He even looks over at like with his little peephole and says, "I did what I was supposed to do." Um, you later on find out that it was a copycat killer. Well, you not a copycat killer. He was using Jigsaw's mo to exact revenge, and we find out it's Detective Hoffman whose sister was brutally slain by the man in this trap, and he was released from prison with after after serving a minor sentence. So Jigsaw ends up kidnapping Hoffman because he thinks I always remember he said um what he says uh something about inferior work yeah but he says something like uh killing is distasteful to me that's what he says afterward yeah yeah because that's that's his his thing is you know the guy did what he was supposed to do in order to get out of the trap and you killed him anyways like there was no redemption there was no way that this guy could have you know, he did what he was supposed to do. He held up his end of the bargain, and you just let him die anyways. Which is, you know, another theme from the third film, where Amanda was doing the same thing. Right. People, Her traps were unwinnable. Yeah. Like, and one of the detectives kind of finds that with the uh, the guy played by uh, Jay LaRose. Oh, yeah, yeah. With he's, the he's got metal hooks. rings in his hand yeah. just between, like, his... Uh, thumb and forefinger uh at his uh his you know the skin around his ribs his uh achilles tendon and he rips all of these out and he's got one left to go and it's through his jaw so he doesn't actually rip his own jaw off because there's a bomb that goes off prior to that happening uh but even if he had um one of the detectives is like well how'd you find this room it's like oh we had to you know cut down this welded shut door yeah and she's like, that's that's not a jigsaw MO. Like, you know, he wants people to win. He wants people to get out of their traps. So even if this guy had done what he was supposed to do, how the hell is he supposed to get out? And that, that's what he ultimately ends up doing with Detective Hoffman. He says that he'll show him a method that will help him sleep at night. You know, showing him how to actually save someone and change them with... With his methods. Now, Hoffman ends up not being... He get, he ends up getting very power-hungry. Very sadistic. Yeah, and he just he's just not... His motivation is not the same as Jigsaw's. And a big thing that Jigsaw does throughout the franchise, um, the character uh, Detective Rig, played by Lyric Bent, mm-hmm. Jigsaw almost makes it like he's trying to turn him... But he's really throwing, if you think about it, he's really throwing the scent off of Hoffman. Yes. You know? Pretty much planting 
all the but Hoffman fucks it up. And he still that's the thing about this character that I find like, you know, it, it may be hard to believe to some people, but he has these insurance policies out there in the event that this happens. This, you know, I I will leave you this to help you get out of any sticky situation that you may be in as far as uh, his wife, Jill Tuck. Which is brilliant because, you know, it's one of those things where throughout the entire series, there are breadcrumbs sprinkled through, um, you know, and you don't find it like, what is it, uh, the third one where she gets, uh, no, the fourth one where she gets the box from his will and testament. But you never see what's in the box. You don't find out what's in that until later. You know how much that tortured me for years, like, waiting? Well, how about at the end of the third episode, you know, there's, you know, you have a doctor who's trying to treat him because he's got intracranial swelling, and she's a neurosurgeon, or, and he's, she has to relieve the swelling in his brain long enough for, you know, the, the their test subject to make it through their track, and it turns out that this is... Uh, the doctor's husband yeah. is going through, and you find out that their daughter is being held in some other room. And then at the end of the, ep- the, uh, the episode, the end of the, the, the movie, the girl hasn't been rescued. You don't know what happened to the girl. Can I... Uh, and you know what? I know this is like a little, uh, little bit off-topic. Well, it's still in the Saw universe, but it's less about the character of Jigsaw. When I, I remember seeing Saw 3, and at the end of that film... Feeling like, okay, so now the next movie, we're going to be following that character of Jeff again, and he's going to have to find his daughter. But that's absolutely that's not, what, not happened. what happened at all. It was they like jump around the timeline. It's, it's Tarantino-esque as far as the timeline goes, because the, what you think is happening now isn't happening now. And then it's you find out about trapdoors that existed in places, and like, you know, there's that one that's like glow-in-the-dark Yeah, in uh, the, the lair where... Jigsaw's being where he taken where care he died. of. Yeah, where he died because uh, you know they have uh, the guy you were talking about there, Rig. Yeah, 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 Rig. Uh, yeah, that was that in five. Yeah, and every time you th- you know he's very literal. Like there's a, a, a scene where where Rig confronts Hoffman, and Hoffman tells him the you know. The only way to survive this room is to get into this uh, coffin, this clear, transparent, uh, bulletproof coffin. Pain will be incurred. Filled with glass. You have to go in here. And he's like, he just looks at it. He plays a tape. He just looks at it. He goes, fuck you. Nobody was in the room at the time. He's like, fuck you. And like goes to walk away. And the door shuts. And Hoffman's in there with him. They start fighting. Yeah. He knocks Hoffman into the thing and shuts it. He's like, I got you, you motherfucker. And then points down he at the points, recorder. He points at he's inside. He's like trying to like acting like he's trying to get out. And then he kind of just like points down at the tape recorder and you know, Rick picks it up and plays. It. It's like, however, if you don't get into the coffin, the walls are going to close in on you and fucking crush you to death. I don't think there's anything more literal than the walls are closing. Where, in on where's you. my son, John? He's in a safe place. Yeah. You know what I mean? Just stuff like that. And then you're like, that when that safe you. door opens, you're just like. Oh, I'm such a fucking idiot. I just idiot. want you to... If you sit here and talk to me for two hours, you'll see your son again. And you know what? He's, he's not misle... I mean, he, he may be misleading him, but he's not lying to him. At, never at any point does he lie to anybody. Like, even... The end of 
most of these, they kind of go back through all the the clues, kind of like a usual suspect style. They go back through all the clues, and you're like, motherfucker, like, how did I yeah. not see that? I will say, and I'm not going to spoil this one, the ending of the first film... Gut punch. ...is maybe one of the greatest twist endings. I, I put it up there with the end of Sleepaway Camp. I do, too. I was just about to say the same thing. Uh, there are clues, though. There are very... There's one specific, and I won't bring it up because, again, I don't want to... You know, I'll tell you off the air. But there's one specific thing that you're like, hmm, if you paid attention, you would know, like, what actually happened in this situation. Oh, yeah. Um, so, you know, like we said, you know, the, the traps kind of get more and more elaborate and ridiculous as they go along. Um, you know, there's the one where they have the... Uh, and... and it's really it's beyond ridiculous. I think it's the seventh one or the the sixth one where they. Uh, Are you talking about the car trap? No, that one's that was insane, freaking ridiculous. But even that's not as bad as the one that's like in the middle of like downtown wherever. Oh yeah, it's yeah, this yeah. Huge glass enclosure, and there's uh, two guys, one on either side of like a giant bandsaw. That no, they're on the yeah. It's almost like a bandsaw. And there's a girl at the top, and the girl's been cheating on one with the other. So it's like this weird love triangle thing, and the tape is like, you know, whoever's stronger, like one guy, you know, you can, uh, they're, they're kind of chained to it. You can push into the other person's, yeah, like, you can push the saw direction. at the other one, or you can kind of team up and kill the girl. Which is what they end up doing. And then you get that cringeworthy line, I think this means we're breaking up, or whatever it is. It's like, oh my god. And the 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 fact that there is this storefront trap that they have, for some reason, I've always considered that to be the equivalent of Jigsaw's Gone Hollywood. Yeah, You know what I mean? Because it's like... There's just hundreds of people gathered around, and it's, seriously, it's like a big glass cube out in the middle of a park. And there's just hundreds of people, and they all stand there watching... Like, that's ridiculous. The car one that you were talking about, why don't you explain to folks what that is and why uh, uh, the, the like Lincoln a, Park guy gets murdered? So, I don't even know where to begin, because I, I haven't seen that. I haven't seen any of the movies in a while. All right, well... Like, I, I've been... I mean, I did my research for Start with what show, he has to do. Now, do you remember he, how that was set up? He's, like, glued to he's the seat. epoxied yeah. to the car seat. Um... And he has to... You explain it, because I can't... He has to uh, reach a button before the car reaches a certain speed. And if he reaches the button and hits the button, then the trap is disabled. However, if he does not, um, the car will drop. It's like on a, a timed hydraulic jack. And then one of the tires is directly above his friend's face so the car will drop crush his friend and the tire will just spin out uh it's also attached to his girlfriend's arms it's this insane domino effect yeah and it's gonna kill like four or five the three or four people and so he's trying to reach the button he's trying really really hard and he's literally ripping the skin off of his back and he reaches forward just doesn't quite make it and you see all these people get maimed and dismembered 
Um, and he goes through the windshield. The one that... I will say that Saw 3, though, had some of the more elaborate traps, but it kind of... It, this is the point where Jigsaw, you know, as much as he says to other people that their their uh, their traps were unwinnable, what happens is uh, Jeff and his wife Len, uh, Lynn they uh, they lost one of their their children, their son, and you know because they uh, he was in a car accident, he was he was run over, it was an accident. Uh, a was, woman, no, a, a guy. young guy was uh, day drinking. Yep, and he ran over the kid. Got six months suspended sentence. Yeah, uh, there was a woman who refused to testify. She saw what happened. She refused to testify, and so they dwelled so much, especially him. You know, he dwelled so much on his son losing his son that he kind of neglected his daughter, and so that's the daughter that ends up getting kidnapped. Lynn gets taken by Jigsaw to, and that's kind of Amanda's test. Um, but Jeff has to go through. And he's collecting clues as he goes through this warehouse. And he gets to meet up with each and every one of the people who are responsible for his son's death. Like the witness, the judge. The, yeah, the first one is the the witness, the woman that saw what happened. And she is in like a freezer room. And she is uh, chained naked. Only like only nudity in the series, by the way. And it's non-sexualized at all. Yeah. Her, uh, her, her arms are up over her head. Non-sexualized at all didn't make sense, but no, I no, <laughs> I knew what you meant. Uh, her arms are up over her head. You know, she's chained up that way, so you know she can't like she can't get away. And there are jets of water all around her. Now Jeff has to reach behind one of these pipes in order to get the key to free her, but he's having a, a crisis of conscience. It's like you know you could have, you know, been the the one who really gets my my son got justice for my son and he refused to say anything so by the time he decides you know what i'm gonna i'm gonna save her she's already dead like she's been iced over like she's pleading with him and she just lets him go but see she's in that situation but her life is in jeff's hands like there's nothing she can do to get out of that situation you know what i mean like that's not his usual mo it's like all right you like cutting yourself if you want to get out of this, you're going to have to cut yourself a lot, but you know, you'll be changed well, at the end. Uh, you know what else I really like about that whole, the parallel that happens between Jeff's journey? It's actually Amanda's test as well. Yes. You see her, she breaks down, and she says he tried to save her. And she's actually talking about, it, it, it could have that double meaning. Yeah. Like, she's saying the same thing about, about John. Yes. Um, and as far as the journey that Jeff is going on, if you think about what happened subsequently in the series after three, Jigsaw is sending Jeff on this this journey of self-discovery to not be vengeful. Don't be the man that I was. Mm-hmm. Because I think that there's parts of John Kramer that were regretful that he became as angry and... and vengeful as he as he became i agree um so yeah we've we've covered a lot on this i mean there's there's seven films to go over so you know it's it's tough to do in a, in a they in do come highly recommended but i would say if you know if you're not 
the biggest horror fan, uh, you might want to be like there Agent some, Nicole. Yeah, there are some. Yeah, <laughs> and read the the Wikipedia page. I mean, there are some. No, and they, these films are not for everyone. I think yeah. no. Being so immersed in the story is what what kept me coming back. I mean that yeah, that there are some really cool traps and there is a message that is you know buried deep within these films like you should appreciate your life but i mean how extreme are you going to go to get people to appreciate their life you can't just go around as this you know the moral police of everyone and just execute whoever you think doesn't appreciate life Mm -hmm. until you look at you know number six when you have to deal with the insurance agent oh uh, we so, have some voicemails, correct? Yes, we have uh, two voicemails. Um, when one, Johnny's ready. One from uh, Mr. Dynamo and another one from Nick. Uh, and they're going to share their feelings on uh, on uh, John Kramer and Jigsaw. So, Who am I starting with? Uh, dealer's choice, Johnny. All right. I got Mars all queued up. So. All right. Bobby Chains on the Throwdown Thursday podcast with hashtag Team Agent Nicole. Yay! With my dear, dear friend Ash, if she's there. And Patrick Rahal is a motherfucking mouse. (laughs) You're dead today. Patrick Rahal is a motherfucking mouse. Patrick Rahal is a motherfucking mouse. Unbelievable. Patrick Rahal is a motherfucking mouse. Oh, I forgot we weren't supposed to play this one at all. Is he swimming? In a helicopter. Bobby, I have a question about the Saw franchise. Two questions, in fact. Question number one. Do you think, as it was left off, the franchise has any more legs? Do you think that they can go back? Do you think that they would have to start over? Do you think they're at the point where the only way to do it is full reboot mode? And, I am sure you've covered this, but just in case you haven't, what do you think was the best trap in the series? And we won't say the worst, but we'll say the most absurd. Okay. Bye. Bye. Well, I think we we covered that second well, one already. Uh, the, what as far the as most it? absurd? Well, let, let, let's let me just tackle this real quick. <laughs> as far as if the series has legs anymore, I do believe that there's something to be done with it. And as a matter of fact, they are. Lionsgate is moving forward with Saw Legacy, um, the the pending title right now. Uh, I do think that they are going to want to do more of a soft reboot. They can't drag any more uh, Tobin Bell flashbags out. He's been no, he's been dead for like four films or whatever. So five. Five, five. Yeah, he died at the end of uh, three, three. Yeah, so, and then they're so, going to do eight. Oh well, yeah. If they did, if they did an eighth one, yeah. So, but what about there's some uh, there's some mystery left though at the end of the final film. There's still some mystery. Who is in the masks? Um, that's something that was highly debated on the message boards back when that movie came out. Well, one we know for sure because he takes his mask off. Yes, yes. Um. I would assume that the other two 
would be other attendees of that the um, meeting at the beginning. Yeah, the the sort of um, the survivors group. Yeah, the survivors group that I they have. One of it's them all is lefty. survivors. Lefty. Yeah. Who's lefty? The lady who had a trap. Oh, oh yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> no, 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 because <laughs> she she had that. Ah, uh, that was sad. No, but um, actually, second part of the question. Do you want to go first? The best trap. Yeah. I think as far as the traps go, like two of my favorite because of how gruesome they were uh, actually come out of uh, Saw 3. And I'm going to go with uh, the judge who had uh, he, he had a chain over his neck. He was laying on the bottom of this big tub. Uh, it was probably about, what, eight, nine feet high? Yeah. And there was a little ladder in it. And he had a chain across his neck, and the goal was... Was it a shit chain? <laughs> <laughs> uh, that actually probably would have been preferable to what was going on. He, uh, <laughs> Jeff had to burn all of his son's stuffed animals in order to find the key that would unlock the uh, chain, the padlock that was holding the chain shut, before the... The judge died by uh, drowning in shredded, rancid pig juice. That one was pretty bad. Yeah, that. I mean, and that was that was gross. Well, the thing about the traps, sometimes people think like the more uh, complex ones, like the that car one, would be like a favorite of someone. I liked the really just simple shit, like the needle pit. The oh, needle pit was, was torture. Brutal. So you haven't seen this, Nicole, but there, the Amanda, the yeah. um, she uh, becomes the accomplice to Jigsaw. Yeah. She gets thrown into a a pit of needles and has to dig through and look for a key. But it's not her trap; it's somebody else's. But the guy is just this massive body built. He was in Frankie uh, G. If you've seen the Italian Job, mm-hmm. he's in that. I want the fucking needles. <laughs> He's the he's the guy that they bring all the minis to to kind of like yeah. make them lighter. That big huge he yeah. picks her up bodily and tosses her into a pit. What is it, about four feet deep, full oh. of hypodermic yeah. needles. And and I, I mean she was a ex heroin addict, but um yeah that that trap. I mean oh like, yeah the first time because like, oh. she's like just like digging through it and she has hands. to find the a- antidote or the key to open up the door but the, she doesn't find it in time he's like yelling at her and calling her a bitch that's not nearly enough everything out of frankie g's mouth in that movie he was such an asshole uh when he has to cut the number off the back of his neck Fuck. yeah yeah so that would be that would be my favorite trap see i was gonna say you know in addition to the the pig juice one the rack later on in the oh uh, in three yeah yeah that one is I won't I Nicole's giving me this look <laughs> I'm I won't get into that but you know what I'm talking about and folks at home if you've seen it you know what I'm talking about that one was that was a rough one yeah there, there was um listening to all this is a trap there were a co- there were a couple in it's a trap in four as well like that guy Ivan who's the motel owner he's also like a rapist oh with the eyes yeah so I mean there there's some very creative and what they uh, the creators of the film always have said is the traps were actually not the safest to work with because they were made to actually operate 
the way that they did in the film. The dude in um, the beginning of, I think it was the second or third one, that has to get the key from behind his eye oh. with the, the death mask, that thing snapped shut and almost took part of his ear off. Yeah. So that, that was uh, good questions. What do you think I think you know the lamest. Oh, the one. worst one. I um. I gotta go with the one with the the two dudes, the love triangle one, and the, because it's just so far fetched. Like, there's no way you're gonna get that all set up with no one watching. It's like in the middle of Central Park. There's no way no one saw you do this. Um, I don't know. I I would have to say my least favorite trap would probably be. I, I, it'd be it'd be too easy to say like one of the ones from the first one like yeah the, but I think those are the best ones because mm-hmm. those actually those actually served a purpose the ones towards the end like even the one where the what's his name Eddie from uh, Family Matters on the oh carousel, yeah 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 like that shit was stupid I did not like that one at all and a lot of times there were some people that got killed like in the seventh one. When the guy didn't do what he was supposed to do and his wife gets cooked by a fucking jet engine. Like, that's not her fault. She didn't do anything wrong. She had no idea. I don't know. Yeah, I'd probably be with you that that whole uh, storefront display death was... Yeah, it's it's just... It's dumb. It's unrealistic. Um, I think we have one more voicemail. Yeah, we have one more from, uh, from Mr. Nick... Hey, Throwdown Thursday, Nick here. Um, I noticed on today's episode, you'll be talking about John Kramer, a.k.a. Jigsaw. Um, first of all, with that series, phenomenal first movie. Um, Agreed. He started the writing-directing partner career of uh, James Wan, which, in my opinion, is becoming a master of horror. Um, oh, and um, Lee Winnell. He started three now, franchises. that original film was a short, which became a movie. And um, it, it was just a lot different from what we've seen up until that time. Lee Winnell and, was a uh, bad actor. I think... Do you think so? John think Kramer, so. the character, is pretty interesting. I mean, the whole, you know, you got to test yourself... Because I'm going through cancer bits kind of a little... Uh, but, I mean, he's a serial killer in a sense, even though he says he's not. No, he is. So, I don't know. It's an interesting thing. I think I like one and three the best out of that entire seven series. But, um... Fair. He's an interesting character. Shouldn't be forgotten in horror, definitely. I mean, he definitely plays the stamp, but... You know, he's not my favorite, but he's definitely should be talked about. So, thanks, guys. Bye. Thanks, Nick. His name's John. He's a very interesting person. Oh, Michael Emerson. <laughs> My favorite part of that, that fucking movie. I love Michael Emerson. I loved him on Lost. You know what else he was really, really good at? And he had some big fucking shoes to fill? When he played the Joker in the Dark Knight Returns uh, animated film. Haven't seen it. Yeah, it, Peter Weller from RoboCop plays Batman. He, just, he well, and Michael Emerson is the Joker. Michael Emerson just has such an expressive face. Like he, you know, he's got those crazy bug eyes. Well, you know, voice acting was you know. <laughs> I, I know, I know, but I'm saying. Oh no, he does, and 
as Ben Linus in Lost. Oh, one of my favorite villains ever. But, yeah, uh, I agree with Nick. Uh, one and three are probably the best because that's... After that, it just kind of... You know, it it gets really ridiculous. It but. was a re it was a rehash every. But but one thing I will give that series credit for is they were under a very strict timetable, putting them year. out one a every, year. Yeah, you know, and October. The continuity that they kept for that that series, you know, is commendable. Yeah. Um, well, a lot of folks don't know about uh, the second one. Why don't you give us a little bit of a? Because I know you and I have talked about this. Why don't you give us a little bit of backstory about? The second film, how that got made. So, after the first film, uh, Lee Warnell was asked to do some writing work on the second film. Now, when they hired the director, Darren Lynn Bowsman, who's gone on to do um, The Devil's Carnival. Repo. Uh, Repo, yeah. Repo Genet- uh, Genetic Opera. What, is that what it is? Yep. Repo, Repo Genetic Opera. Yeah. Oh, I fucking love that movie. Um, he actually had a spec script. Uh, it, was, it was a script for a film called The Desperate and what they did is they turned that into um, the second Saw film. So it basically took place in this house of traps but um, it happened to fit the mold for what they wanted to do with the next Saw film and of course there was dialogue polish and stuff like that done by Lee Wan L. Um, Saw 2 I think is, is a very fun, like it, it's as fun as these type of movies can, can be. It does give, you know, a lot of the, uh, you know, it gives a, a really good, you know, listen to what I say type thing. Like, my favorite part of that entire movie is the guy finds that they don't use this key on this door. And the guy's like, well, I'll just use this key on this door. And he gets fucking shot in yeah. the face. It's like, how fucking stupid could you be? Well, I'm not listening to a paper. And Amanda's like, no. Do what it says. No, I'm going to do this. And he like he's looking through the people. It's like I think I see something. And he gets shot directly yeah. in the face. It's like you fucking moron. <laughs> um, well, I think that's going to wrap up the uh, mm-hmm. the saw talk. I think um, that was a really good talk. I I agree. Um, and I'm with Nick. I uh, I consider Jigsaw one of those um, tortured tortured genius. You know, torturers. <laughs> yeah, he he's the type of guy who went through a lot of bad shit, and you know, kind of came out on the other side a changed man. But was he changed for the better? It's like, yeah, I know what you think you're doing is right, but he's really like Hitler thought he was doing the world a favor too. Well, if you look at his track record, what was he? You know, I, I it's a little bit of a spoiler. But what is he like? Two for like 15 yeah he didn't do all 15 that. there's a lot more than that yeah but actual tests a lot more people die but i'm talking actual test subjects i'd have to go back and count them all no i mean because there's there's Three a lot from more. the first one two from the second one there's no there's not three from the first there's more than three from Third the first one, one i'm thinking there's there's three uh, you have you have lawrence gordon you have uh oh yeah there's five Adams. The one yeah don't forget amanda's in there yeah um, no, Zap. 
Zeb, yeah. So you, you know, you forget about all these other people that well, are. Either way, he's, yeah. he's two for however yeah, exactly, many. Exactly, exactly. Like, he doesn't have a high success rate. If he was if he was a baseball player, he'd have been demoted or just outright released because his average was very, very low. Or he'd be on Monster Zero's fantasy baseball team. <laughs> <laughs> I think he is, actually. <laughs> I like this guy's name. I'm just going to throw him on there. No, I, don't, I can't talk shit because I'm bad at fantasy baseball, too, which is why I don't do it. But, uh, yeah, I think uh, that's going to wrap that up because we have uh, another voicemail, and we have an awesome announcement that uh, Agent Nicole came up with the other day. And Bobby Chains has been dying. What is yes. it? We know. told him like three hours ago that we have this awesome announcement. It was like he, six hours ago, I think. He yeah. won't, It was like two weeks ago at this point. <laughs> he won't, uh, we haven't told him, and he's, he's... He's dying. He's like a rabbit in a cage. He's almost gnawed one of his hands off. That's his saw trap. <laughs> <laughs> All right, get me out of this trap and head to a break. All right. This is Bobby Chains, Uncle Polly, and I'm the kid Tim Nice. And be sure to check out our podcast, Unchained, part of the Grand Guignol Network, available on iTunes and Stitcher Radio. This October, the Deadites return to the stage on which they made their name. In the room they made dangerous. October 15th, it's trip-hop goddess Mary Catman. The nerdcore sounds of Agents of Chaos and the evil grooves of rhetoric. And then, it's the dead, it's the rad, it's the funky, it's the deadites. October 15th, Rockin' Shock Weekend, it's the best night of the best weekend of the year at the Cove Music Hall in beautiful Worcester, Massachusetts. It's the return of the Deadites Halloween Extravaganza, hosted by the voice of Talk Without Rhythm, El Goro. Patrick Rayhall is a motherfucking mouse. Patrick Rayhall is a motherfucking mouse. Patrick Rayhall is a motherfucking mouse. Patrick Rayhall. You know, you guys are so disrespectful to Tiny and his uh, amazing artistic talent. <laughs> I'm sure, I'm sure he wouldn't mind. No. So, we uh, we have a couple of a uh, couple of things to get to. Uh, we're going to get to your announcement at the end. Okay, that's, that's be fine. the last thing we do. Um, I would like to quickly uh, allow Bobby. Actually, you know what, Nicole. This is episode ten. This is kind of momentous. You're gonna you're gonna pick the. Uh, I'm gonna pick the battle. You're gonna pick the battle this week. So last week we sticked it with the pointy end. That was uh, Bobby's Freudian uh, discussion. Yeah, he just wants to stick everything. Any way I can get it. So you have the supernatural superstars. Mm-hmm. Guns are fun and out of this world. I know which one I would pick, and that would be a hell of a fight. But what do you think? I'm gonna go with guns are fun. All right. So, in this matchup, we have dun, dun, dun. Black Widow, Ooh. 
facing off against Sarah Connor. Ooh, that so is, is going to be a really rough match. This is going to be a pretty badass fight. So, yes, um, I think that's that's going to be a hell of a battle. Um, we do have a couple of pieces of feedback. Okay. And um, the first thing I would like to uh, to talk about I'm, I'm, is I'm kind of uh, scared. Well, you don't have to be scared. I uh, I already explained this to you. You saw you saw what. Uh, we have a uh, a listener mm-hmm. from Kansas City, Missouri, who uh, oh yes yes uh, contacted me on Twitter the other day, and they said, "Patrick Rayho, you get so much crap on your show, <laughs> sir. It's really good, though." And this is from I don't know if this is a uh, a gentleman or a lady. Their avatar picture is uh, Inuyasha. And their their name is Riku. Oh, that's Wargan Riku. Big big fan of uh, the entire network. Ah, okay. Oh, yes, nice. that is exactly who yep. who this is. Yep. And I am not. Uh, I don't know who this person is. And they uh, they uh, uh, you know they were very nice and went back and yeah. forth a little bit, and um, you know asking if suggestions for future episodes are open mm-hmm. and. Uh, they are not the only person to ask that. We actually got uh, a voicemail, a right? Voicemail um, by uh, one of our other frequent contributors, our most frequent contributor at this point, and I would say most frequent contributor of the entire Grand Guignol Network. And um, uh, when you're ready, uh, Wolfie, gotta prompt me, man. This is Nick here. Um. I wanted to... I don't know exactly how this works. I'm listening to Patrick on Unchained right now, which I have to say off the bat, Patrick... I'm almost done with the episode. Patrick, you were great on Unchained. You're always really good on Unchained. And in my book, you are an Unchained member. So, I mean, I know I don't run the show, but come back as much as you want. Come on. Because <laughs> you are an Unchained member in my eyes, buddy. Um, no, I wanted you guys to talk about... And like I said, I don't know how this works, but... I would be interested in hearing Patrick and Nicole talk about Cthulhu because yeah I could research him and yeah I have a book on the story about him The Call of Cthulhu but um, Patrick goes really in depth and I would probably get all my information from him in one little uh, thing so what's what's with Cthulhu? Where did he come from? Uh, I mean I know he's a sea monster is he like lore of like um, almost Loch Ness or something uh, when did he come about? Stuff like that. So, like I said, I don't know how you do your picks, but that's one for me. I'm interested in learning about Cthulhu. Thanks, guys. Bye. Thank you, Nick, for that lovely voicemail. Now he's handing out Unchained membership, <laughs> <I know>. apparently. <laughs> so, he's gone rogue. <laughs> so, you know, Nick, obviously very intelligent, uh, you know, very smart, knows, knows his stuff. Yes. You know, he's very... Uh, you know, you can the sign of his intelligence. Nothing is more clear the fact that he loves me, and you know enjoys what I do. So, Nicole, mm. because of this, uh, this I love voicemail, that you assume that he loves you. I know well, he, he said it in uh, one of the voicemails from the last episode. Did he say I, I love you. Yeah, he says I love Patsy. Those wow. were his exact words. Bobby well, got I, Saying I love you and I love Patsy, I think are two different things. Yeah, but, yeah, but I'm Patsy, so either way, it's his narcissism uh, coming out. <laughs> so. Because of these two exchanges that we got, yes, 
Uh, Nicole came up with a great uh, great idea. Nicole, why don't you tell us? Uh, well, not us. Well, Bobby, because Bobby. Yeah, has I know. No Bobby's ideas. just eagerly waiting. Why don't you tell us? Because we are going to be recording two more episodes uh, shortly on uh, September third. Yes. And there's going to be episode uh, 11, 11 and, 12. and 12. And we don't have any guests lined up for that. No. So what are we going to be doing? So with the lovely suggestions, we are going to talk about our f- our fans of the show's uh, picks. I think we're going to do a little bit of a fan appreciation. People that um, suggested characters for us to talk about. We're going to do the research and we're going to give you back some information. Yep. Uh, we are going to be covering... Uh, Cthulhu and uh, Worgen Riku picked uh, Guts from Berserk. Mm. I am not overly familiar with uh, yeah, that anime. Yep. So this is going to be a really good chance for... Us to uh, really shine and, uh, and really drop some knowledge on everybody. Yeah, this is going to be a chance for us to get in-depth on characters with which we're not overly familiar mm-hmm. uh, without having a guest on to kind of prompt us. Yes. So we're very excited for this. Yes, we are. And... If anybody wants to suggest more characters for characters for us to talk about, we are happy to do so. And feel free to send emails, and we'll definitely do more of these fan appreciation uh, recordings. Yeah, because that's the reason we do this. You know, it's for you folks at home listening to us. Like that's why we do this. Like we do it because it's fun. We do it even if nobody listened. <laughs> but you know, we like that you folks are interacting with us, and you know, sending us your thoughts, and yeah. you know. That's the whole... When we got into this, like, this is what we've been saying since day one. Like, we want to learn about the characters maybe we don't know a lot about. Yeah. You know, guys like Blue Beetle and Doc Savage that Dynamo came on to talk about, you know, and we want to know about the characters that, you know, you guys like. And if you want us to talk about somebody, we are more than happy to do some research. And, you know, obviously, we, we invite you to also... You know, send us a vo- an email or a voicemail. Mm-hmm. You know, let us know. You know, why did you pick this character? Yep. What What about this? You know, made you. Uh, you know, made you attracted to this character. And I kind of just got a spur of the moment. If you guys have questions to ask us, like uh, getting into getting into character for either Patsy or I, please send some questions our way, and we'll talk about them and answer each other. Uh, answer those questions. I think it'd be great. Yeah, I mean, great we way have... to, to talk to talk about us. We have, uh, yeah, if there's stuff that, you know, like I said, you know, when I ask my getting into character questions, these are questions I want to know the answers to, mm-hmm. you know. What what other than, you know, chicken shit does Bobby put in his chicken salad? Celery. Because, <laughs> because <laughs> you know, if I'm going to have lunch at Bobby's house and we're having chicken salad, I want to know exactly what I'm eating. Yeah, or if people want to know why I'm, I'm called Ironborn or why... Patsy, where the origins of Patsy the Angry Nerd comes along, you know, ask those questions. We'll tell you. Yeah, we have nothing to hide. Except uh, for dead bodies. Nope. Nope. <laughs> uh, actually, volcanoes. And those, those cookies in your pants I saw on Patsy. Yeah, well. Those you have cookies and you didn't share them? Uh, they're in my pants. <laughs> oh. Uh, it's similar to floor candy, and these are pants cookies. Pants cookies. <laughs> okay. Yeah, they are rich and fudgy. I'm sure they are. Okay, no. I'm sure they are, Dynamo. <laughs> See you next Thursday. <laughs> <laughs> but no, we uh, you know we want to hear from folks. You know, if you guys are digging the show, you know, I try to you know, interact with as many of the shows that yes. I listen to as I can. You know, and I don't. If I could just cut in for a moment too, Absolutely. like I, I just want to say, like you guys, like congratulations, like on ten episodes so Thank far. You. Thank you. And I have to say, you guys, like came right out of the gate 
with with just fantastic content. You know, usually it takes people a while to get their groove and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, Unchained still trying to find it. <laughs> Hopefully one day we do. But uh, you guys do a terrific job. Um, it's a great concept. You guys have great content, great guests, if I uh, do say so myself. <laughs> um, and I just hope you guys keep doing it. Absolutely. Thank you. Yeah, Thank thanks, you for those Bobby. nice words. Yeah, we enjoy it. Like, you know, I've I've been contacted, you know, and I've been telling you know, Agent Nicole, there's a lot of folks who want to get on this show mm-hmm. uh, and, and talk about their favorite characters because, you know, uh, you know, this is a, a different kind of setup. Like, it's a very interactive podcast. Yeah, we want, you know, you can say, you know, I really like this movie or I didn't like this movie mm-hmm. and, you know, get into depth with a, a movie review. But there are so many people that do these movie reviews yeah. now that, it's, you know, it's the they same do thing. it so well. Yeah. Like, I, I can't think of, I couldn't think of a way to to do it differently from, you know, like you guys on Trick or Treat Radio, you guys on Unchained. You know, I, I couldn't think of another way to do a, a movie review uh, that, because frankly, like you guys do it way better than we could. Yeah. Uh, we just yell at each other, make fun of each other. <laughs> that's that's all we do. Jokes. And we hardly talk about the movie. Yeah, <laughs> I, I know, but you know, you guys get you know these you know all the the actors and directors and writers and producers and you know you guys do you know despite popular belief you guys do get you know some really good questions in there mm-hmm. and you know some some you know, thoughtful content. Mm-hmm. So we wanted to do something that would be different, you know, kind of set us apart. And, you know, it seems like folks are digging it. And, yes. you know, that's why we're doing it. We just want to, I mean, I could go, you know, as you can tell, I could just keep talking nonstop. Yeah, I know. I need to control that shit. Just yeah. be like, shut up, man. Shut Listen, up. if my wife can't control that and she has sex hey, with me. Hey, your phone's ringing. Silence that crap. It's not ringing. Oh, it was ringing. It was like lighting up and all that shit. It was different from lighting up and ringing. Oh, I don't know. I heard jingling over there. I did, too. Yeah. I See? did, too. See? Listen, this is a new phone. I'm still getting you know, yeah. ins and outs on it. I can Sending turn it on with my mind. Sending me some taco emojis. I did. <laughs> Patrick got a new phone so he could send taco emojis. Yes. yes. I was told that I need to get a new phone because uh, someone sent me some taco emojis on Facebook and I couldn't see them. <laughs> All I saw was a box. It's like me sending you X. the middle finger emoji and you can't see them. Yeah, my phone censors <laughs> out, uh, you know, offensive content, which is why I have no pictures of Uncle Polly on my phone. <laughs> I was going to make a... Uh, Bobby Chains joke, but you know I, I keep getting. There's only of, one Bobby Chains. I keep getting. Well, I was going to replace you know Uncle Polly with Bobby Chains. You know my phone filters out all the Bobby Chains pictures, but I keep getting told not. My to My phone's so outdated; it doesn't even like register emojis. Well, my f- <laughs> I, I keep all getting told boxes with skulls in them. It's better than the phone you had, the flip phone, like yeah. a couple years. I ago. missed that thing. <laughs> well, I keep getting told not to go for the low hanging fruit all the time. You're a dick. <laughs> <laughs> you do have a majestic beard. You're, and I, I mentioned this off air. You almost have like a Wooberman look to you. And what did I say to you? You said that's a great compliment. I did. Yep. He's a sexy man. It's too bad he you is. don't sound like him though. That's I true. know. <laughs> I don't know how to respond to that. <laughs> I I, uh, I want to wear a kilt made of Wooberman's voice. So if uh, you won't be wearing much. Happen. No, you yeah. would be very thick. So, uh, 
Agent Nicole, what's uh, what's on the Agent Nicole file? Oh, hold, so hold on, hold on, oh, hold on. Wait, wait, hold on, wait, hold on, hold on. You got to give me more better cues. <laughs> You're the one who's just announcing it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, this is brilliant. This is brilliant. Bond. I love it. James Bond. I got to change that. Yeah. <laughs> Nicole, Agent Nicole. Nicole. <laughs> <laughs> I'm liking it. I'm digging it. There we go. All right. So, um, the past couple of weeks, I've done movies, I've done TVs, so I'm going to go with comics. I'm still a newbie to the comic world. I'm still fishing around. I go to my favorite comic book shop in South Row. Uh, Hall of Heroes, right? Yeah. The Hall That's of, awesome. The Hall of Comics. The Hall of Co- I do that because Dynamo always says Hall of Heroes, and I correct him every single time, and I just fucked it up. Yeah. Wait, that place is awesome. They... John, uh, Johnny, or John, Jake, they're fantastic. Ryan as well. The, um, they used, we used to have um, Trick or Treat Radio Flyers in there, because those really? guys are super cool. Yeah. They're so nice. I got to see them earlier oh, today. Maybe we can get some of our flyers in there if they know you so well. Yeah. Maybe. We'll see. Get some hats and pogs. Yeah. Um, so, I'm still getting Fucking into all... leech. <laughs> Alright, so anyways, Sorry, it's all good. Um, so, I'm still getting into the comics, and I... Randomly picked one up a couple months ago, and there's this uh, series called the Justice League Dark. So you got all like the regular Justice League, but this one has Constantine, Madame X- M- Madame Xanadu, Dead Man, Shade, and Zatanna, and it's a great, great series. There's about 40, 40 issues. It ran from 2011 to 2015. It's really, really good. They didn't go the full 52 on that? No, they didn't go the no, full 52. They had like some annuals and zeros. Yeah. Um, it, it's a great series. I'm a huge fan of Madame Xanadu and Satana and Constantine. So if definitely check it out if you're looking for something that's kind of outside the norm. I know that recently they just announced that there's going to be a Justice League Dark animated film. Mm-hmm. I'm kind of upset that it's not a live action there was a lot of rumors about that with yeah. Guillermo del Toro helping to uh, put it together. Yeah, they had the scripts and everything, and then the, there was issues with um, the Constantine show as well. Because would did, Keanu come back as Constantine? No, it was Matt Matt Ryan. It was an NBC show. The quarterback for the Falcons. <laughs> no, um, and so they had some issues, and they just announced it in June that they're going to make an uh, animated. So while I'm excited that there's going to be more. Uh, exposure to the Justice League Dark. I'm kind of sad it's not a live action film because I, I think Ewan McGregor would have been a Ooh. great, great Constantine. Um, but anyways, so that is what I got for Agent Nicole Files. So I have, a, I have a, uh, a couple things that I just want to quickly, shamelessly plug. Um, shame, shame. Is it related to the uh, Nicole Files? Uh, sort of ish. Okay, I'll keep because it's uh, you know stuff that I've been that I've been delving into. It's actually some comics that Dynamo let me borrow after he was on uh, the Justice League International. Couple of yeah. uh, couple of books, so I can kind of get into the the Blue Beetle character a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, although I, I've I've only gotten to the beginning of it and uh, just got a little bit of uh, backstory on some of these uh, some of these folks. And isn't Black seem- Canary in that one? Yeah. Yep. They seem to act like a bunch of petulant children, especially Guy Gardner, who decides he's going to be the leader. Oh, yeah. Until Batman walks in. Oh, is this the Justice League uh, JLI? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And he's like, I'm going to be the best. I'm the leader. And Batman's like, 
that shit's your the face. best. <laughs> he's, he's just so awesome. He's just like, yeah, go fuck yourself. I'm mm-hmm. the leader. Did you see Martian Manhunter eating Chacos? No, not yet. Chacos! <laughs> Spoiler alert. Uh, I also, you know, again, you know, because we appreciate feedback and we appreciate all of our uh, podcasting brothers and sisters out there, I just want to give some love to some of those folks. Uh, obviously, all the shows on the Grand Kenyon Network. We got uh, some show on Monday. I forget what it is. Something about the Uncle Paul show. <laughs> <laughs> nah. I don't think that's what it's called. It's it should show. be, though. That's a really good name change. I think you guys are get a lot more hits. Um, You're about to get a lot more hits. <laughs> <laughs> I think... Hashtag uh, we got Bob a, Chains. Uh, so, Monday... Is unchained. Monday is unchained. Actually, Sunday we have the uh, fantasy. fantasy baseball. Yeah, yeah, everyone forgets. Outside it, corner right. fantasy <laughs> baseball podcast, which uh, I think has some of the most uh, well thought out names each each week. The episode titles are very good. Um, then on Monday, obviously, is unchained, aka the Uncle Polly show. <laughs> uh, Tuesday we have the television crossover universe with Robert E. Ronsky, uh, which uh, I was just on uh, last week's episode talking about Stranger Things. So if you've seen Stranger Things, you want to get into you know some of the crossovers and homages, definitely check that out. That was uh, episode 38, I believe. Uh, Wednesday, we have the Elm Street Kids Movie Elm Club Street podcast. Elm Street Kids with the lovely, lovely Dynamo Mars. Dynamo Mars and Stephanie Wiley, who are hashtag team agent Nicole. Yeah, well, sorry. Even a blind squirrel is right twice a day. Um, we also have. Do you think you're so fucking funny? Don't you? Yeah, he thinks he thinks, and he's not. And the uh, <laughs> obviously the the flagship program of the Grand Guignol Network uh, premieres Radio. live around nine ish every uh, evening and ends. Hey, we were early this past week. Yes, at eight forty five. <laughs> ends around. Although we were actually late because who said eight thirty? Sunday and ends around. 1230. I'm already in bed. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Then Thursday, obviously, uh, this fine program that you're listening to now. Uh, Thursday, Friday. (laughs) Yeah, the Thursday (laughs) something. The Wednesday whip them up. Yeah. Friday fracas. Monday. Mayhem. Mayhem. Monday night raw. No, that's something else. (laughs) Uh, Friday, obviously, Trick or Treat Radio drops on Stitcher and uh, YouTube and Google Mm -hmm. Play and everything. Uh, The same place you can find all of our shows. Uh, Saturday, you get the day off. So Saturday slam ball. <laughs> yep. So while you're while you have Saturday free, uh, why don't you uh, check out some of our, uh, our our friends in the yep. podcasting community? We have outside the cinema, mm-hmm. which uh, if you listened to uh, Trick or Treat Radio a couple weeks ago, uh, those folks guest starred. We have uh, Talk Without Rhythm with El Goro. Uh, that's always a delightful yes. conversation. Um, the people, the lovely people of Punch Farm. Yep. Uh, I uh, I have a lot of interaction with those folks. Yes. They are certainly uh, Team Patsy. Hashtag Team Patsy. I think Nikki and I will definitely mm. get along because mm, we that. love those tacos. Uh, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> those those folks tend to like me when when they when you talk to them. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> they're, they're not going to say they're very nice to face. my face. Yes. Exactly. I promise. I'm going to send some feedback <laughs> and some love to them. So yeah, to but you know what? Them. And tacos. And tacos. And yes. Margar- and margaritas. And margaritas. And bloody marys. Yes. I Although will. I know that that Mark and, and Lisha and Mark and Nikki like me better. So uh, why is it got to be a contest? Because he's so upset. Because that everybody is always saying mean <laughs> things and that they like Nicole and somebody's got to like me best. God, 
take your, a Valium or something. Your wife did marry you. Yeah. Yeah. I'm alone, she didn't damn it. I know Nicole at the time. <laughs> <laughs> so she would have married Nicole? She might have. I don't know. Um, God. And let's, let us not forget uh, our good buddies, Jakey Poo and CDR, over at uh, The Cult of Muscle. <laughs> yes. <laughs> that. Uh, you know, all high quality shows. I definitely recommend every single one mm-hmm. of them. Uh, and a lot of a lot of times, you'll see some crossovers. You know, speaking of, uh, call Robert Ironsky. We got a crossover. <laughs> we have. You know, <laughs> it's usually just Dynamo appearing on everybody's show all the time. No, Stephanie uh, was on on Stephanie, today. Yes, yeah, Ste- well, that was like a week ago. Oh yeah, that was like a week. Yeah, because that, that was last week's Unchained. Uh, I mean, that wasn't water. I'm that wasn't water, James. I'm not good at math. <laughs> I don't math good. Days are hard. I have an irregular calendar. It's got no Wednesdays on it. Okay. So I think with that being said, uh, Bobby, thank you so much for coming on. No, the show again. thank you for having me on. You're always welcome to come so back. Fun. Yeah, just like uh, I'm always welcome on. And if you want to take him, yeah, take him away. Hey, (laughs) same goes for you, really, Uh, Nicole. You can uh, stop by the. uh, Oh, thank you. I keep telling Nicole she should, you know, she should uh, expand her uh, her podcasting horizons. You know, you know, she had a she had an invitation from Stephanie and. She was like, nah, man. I'm you got to drop man. the dead weight over here. <laughs> I know. I know. I know. I felt bad. I just, you got to let me know because then I can make time for everybody because I will make time. Yeah. You guys don't know what you're, what you uh, were going to do from a week to be- week basis sometimes. <laughs> sometimes <laughs> you don't. You don't know what you're doing. Yeah. So if anybody wants me, I'll come, I'll come by on some shows and. I will rent fun. Nicole out. It's not cheap, but uh, <laughs> I will, I will rent her out. Are you her podcasting pimp? It's pimp casting 101. <laughs> <laughs> were we talking about earlier movie that we were prostituting you? <laughs> hey, anything gets some money into the network. <laughs> hey, whatever we can do. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, usually the, just the exposure gets you in trouble. That's can, we, can we Photoshop Wolfie's head on uh, Julia Roberts from Pretty Woman? <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'll do it. Oh, no, she do will. It. She does a lot of I, this. I do, I do too much work to get rid- ridiculed. <laughs> <laughs> that is true. <laughs> I'm taking a stance. Damn no, it. Wolfie is the only one that I do not give shit to. Wolfie's yes. the only guy because... Because he'll just kick us out. <laughs> kick you out. I'll turn, I'll, turn, money. I'll turn your mic down. Yeah. He'll mute you. <laughs> I've been talking for the last three hours. Nothing has gotten recorded. Just Patrick Ray Hall's a motherfucking mouse. I'll be the one. Just... This is just like this blank spot where every time I think I'm talking... <laughs> Patrick Ray Hall is a motherfucking mouse. <laughs> but, uh... Yeah, Bobby, thank you for coming on. Yes, thank you. Uh, thank you. And thank you, you for the invitation, par- too. I'm glad you could be of a part course. of uh, episode 10. And, uh, you know, I hope that, you know, the, the length of time you waited to hear our announcement, you know, was uh, satisfying. It was definitely worth it. it was a it's a great path. idea. Great idea. Thank you. So, uh, yeah, Nicole uh, came up with that the other day, you know, while she was harassing me at work. While I was, you know, I'm, I'm oh trying God. to work. I'm, I'm going... Going crazy with all the mm-hmm. science mm-hmm. that we're sciencing. Mm-hmm. Bullshit. No, the science. Science. So I, uh, I do have a, a, a quick science fact because I didn't get to one last time. Uh, helium is the most abundant element in the universe, and the moon is a, a haven 
That's why there are a lot of uh, missions planned by China to go to the moon uh, in the coming years, because it is a, a, a rich, rich, fertile ground full of helium-3, which can be used potentially as starship fuel. So let that think sink in. But uh, we won't be able to go back there because of all the aliens uh, oh and God. all their bases that are there. So I think with that being said, we are going to go ahead and, and bring this episode to, to a an close. And, and see you next, next Thursday. Thursday.